welcome back to Why Two Kids. My name is Patrick. My name is Taylor. And this is our final episode of Movie Star March Madness over at FeaturePresentationVideo.com. We are counting down a month's worth of celebrities, movie stars, actors, actresses, famous families, one of which will be the focus of our sister podcast, the Vince Vonathon Season 2. We watched all of Vince's movies. Who are we going to cover for Season 2? We're playing along a little bit uh, for Why Two Kids. This show comes out every Tuesday, so we're hitting the Tuesdays of the calendar, which makes today Keith David Day. We're also kind of killing two birds with one stone because every month we are doing our Disney Centennial Retrospective. So it's a double whammy day, Keith David Day and our Disney Centennial hitting one of the blind spots of both of our Disney knowledge and Disney viewing, The Princess and the Frog. I had never seen this movie, but I had always wanted to. Um, I very much dropped, I, I, I didn't even, not even dropped off, like, I watched the Disney princess movies that were out, like, when I was born, and I, like, never kept up with them. It just wasn't really my thing. Um, I've seen a couple through, like, babysitting over the years, like, I've seen Frozen and, and such stuff like that, but I really, I really have not kept up. I haven't seen Tangled, which I know people love. I hadn't seen Princess and the Frog. Um, I, I've seen Brave, but, like, so I, I really had a lot of um, these big heavy hitters that I just hadn't seen. Um, and I always just said like, I'll see it. I'll see it. I'm not going to go out of my way to see it because I think we've mentioned on the show, Patrick and I, you know, when we have kids one day, we're going to end up watching these things on repeat anyways. So why rush into watching it now? Um, but today was the perfect opportunity and I was so excited for this one. Yeah. I think, uh, when we put Keith David day on the calendar, few people thought that we were going to do the princess and the frog i mean maybe if you were smart enough and realized the tuesday thing maybe you could have narrowed it down even then 2009 kind of falls out of our range 2009 like i was 12 years old this was the exact point where i started like feeling a little too old for like cartoons and stuff like i just looked at a couple 2009 uh animated films i'll give i'll give you a brief rundown things like up Things like Coraline, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Monsters vs. Aliens. I think Monsters vs. Aliens, I was like, I'm going to go see it because it's a boy movie and I'm 12 years old. But like, yeah, I don't know. right? I feel like maybe it's a little beneath me. And for whatever reason, probably because it was a Disney princess movie and I was a 12-year-old boy, I was like, oh, not only are cartoons like I'm getting too old for cartoons, but it's a girl movie. So I just like totally missed it. Um Back to the Keith David thing real quick. Obviously, like, long-time character actor, um, you know, great run in the 80s and 90s, lots of great John Carpenter movies. Um, I mean, he's done he's done a ton, probably got 200 credits to his name. Um, Princess and the Frog, we're going to talk about him a little bit later. He plays our villain who, remind me his name. Doctor... I, I I clearly have not even heard the character's name being said. Dr. Facilier? They probably say it. You probably got it right. They probably say it like once. Yeah. Otherwise, he's just the creepy dude. We'll talk about him later. He is a great villain. But that's because this movie is full of a lot of great elements, which we'll break down in a minute. But first, our snack of the week. My pick this week, we are getting close to Easter. And so, of course... Reese's milk chocolate and peanut butter Easter eggs. 
Can I be so for real right now? BFFR. Love Reese's eggs. No shade. The last thing I want to do right now is eat a Reese's egg. I mean, like, this show is typically like, oh, we haven't had Twix in 17 years. Let's have, like, we, like, I had two of these last night. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a bit of a cheat. So, okay. I, this is a very controversial opinion, especially controversial. Uh, if you don't know, Reese's are Patrick's favorite candy. Is that fair to say? Uh, yes. Reese's well, Reese's cups. Yeah. And I, don't get me wrong. Peanut butter and chocolate is an elite combo. I will never, ever, ever say otherwise. But I just find... I Personally, I'm not a huge chocolate person. I get very fatigued on chocolate. I start feeling really sick really quickly when I eat chocolate. I just find it too sweet. And Reese's are like, I can eat half of a Reese's cup and then I'm good for like six hours. Like, I get really sick feeling. Well, the eggs are also... By the way, I've already eaten half of one. They're delicious. The eggs you're and to, you're about to eat the other half of mine, so and the trees. I think it's mm-hmm. the trees. They're definitely the Christmas trees. Definitely a different like peanut butter to chocolate ratio. I feel like in cups there's a lot less peanut butter. This is, I mean, just look at this breakdown yeah. from the from the side profile. I mean, what is this? Ninety percent peanut butter and ten percent chocolate. Yeah, I will say it tastes just like slightly less sweet than the traditional cups. Yeah, I think it's just a lot more chocolate in the in the cups. So my favorite, and I'm not trying to be, like, bougie or whatever, but the Justin's Peanut Butter Cups are elite. There's a little bit of salt in it. Bougie. A little bit of salt in it. Bougie. And it's just so good. They used to sell them at Starbucks, which is how I found out about them. And I used to get my coffee, get a little Justin's Peanut Butter Cup Duo. They are, like, my perfect ratio, and they're also just, like, that not-too-sweet um, not too like chemically tasting chocolate peanut butter combo. They have like the sea salt. Um, they have it in there, but it's not like a sea salt. Yeah, yeah. Peanut butter, but yeah, you ha- get a little. Fl- you get it. Uh, yeah, you get a little fl- like a sea salt, which I love a little, a little um salty sweet action. So like those are my perfect peanut butter cups. Do you remember when you were introduced to sea salt? Because I do. Um. <laughs> and you're gonna laugh at me. <laughs> well, I, yeah, kind of actually. Well, would you like to just hear mine? No, let me say something real quick. Okay. Not sea salt, but Himalayan pink salt is. Well, that's not what I meant. Okay, I know, but just separately. Uh-huh. I will say, like, my, we're Costco people in my household, and our, my dad has always been kind of a crunchy guy, you could say, and is very, like, on his health bullshit. And I remember, like, when Himalayan pink salt hit, this, hit the markets in a big way, he was like, oh, like. No, no using regular kosher salt anymore. Like, we're about the sea salt. And he brought grinders home, and it was, like, the grinder sea salt. And it was the first time we'd ever had, like, a grinder for salt, and I felt so fancy. Little did Taylor know that that was going to just become the norm. Um, But I was just like, oh, wow. Like, we are rich we are elite we are royalty and i just like loved and i'm still a i'm still a pink salt girl i asked the sea salt thing because i think it's like a y2 kids memory i think it happened around our era which is when wendy's changed their fries Mm. and they made them sea salt fries and they started advertising like that it was like new fries they are sea salt fries that was probably around this era for us, not the Princess and the Frog era, but the era we typically cover on the show. And Wendy's being like the closest fast food restaurant to my house, like that was like the go-to for us. What was your What was your go-to? For fast food? Yeah. 
Oh gosh, that's tough. Um, it wasn't just the closest thing to your house. I'm trying. Me and my mom have always been really big Taco Bell people. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom. Okay, if you're a McDonald's stan, cover your ears. Okay. No. For real, cover your ears. No, don't um, do this. I have to. I have to tell the people. Just, just a TLDR, please. Okay. When I was in like middle school, my mom went to go get McDonald's hamburgers. We were we were both like um this is back when I still ate burgers. Um we used to get the McDoubles. I was dead ass wrong by the way. They moved to Sea Salt in twenty ten. Okay. I so was, it actually was much closer to Princess and the Frog than our normal era. I was gonna say I remember that being a thing when I was in like almost high school. Because I would go after school and get a salad and a side of fries. By the way, I'm killing these eggs right now. Go for it. Um but anyways so like, when I was in middle school, um, my mom went to go get a McDouble, get a little snack, and there was glass in the hamburger. It happens. We all know what happens. But I don't she... know if that happens. But... Well, no, no. they. No, no, I understand. What I'm saying is, like, hair, it happens. What are you going to do? I, you I find... would be shocked. I mean, like, a lawyer, she, she contacted, like, 15 lawyers in the area and, like, across the country to pick up her case because this was after, like, the, the McDonald's hot coffee scandal or whatever. And she was like, surely, like, this literally cut my throat. Like, what am I supposed to do? And they were like, we will not touch that with a 10-foot pole because, like, shit happens in factories. Like, we will never win that. McDonald's is too rich. Like, you're on your own. And they gave her $500. Yeah, I mean, it's like, try to, try to take down mcdonald's or disney or walmart like it ain't never gonna happen um my should what i meant by that was like if i see a hair in my food i know some people get it doesn't really bother me that much half the time i just assume that it's mine you know pick it out maybe avoid that area of the plate or whatever like that kind of stuff that's shit happens glass is not shit so, so what happens is the light bulbs will break in the factory and it just okay i'm sorry you're losing me. No, it I'm falls good. from the ceiling into a bloop, into a burger, and nobody ever notices. Apparently, it's just like one of the it's one of the many hazards of things that happen and can just go completely on. Un- un- I mean, she was sent to a lab. They were like, "Yep, there's glass in here. We have done several other of these tests before for um, fast food scandals. It is what it is." Anyways, I say all this to say that like. That was my hardcore, like, my mom never went to McDonald's again. She still has never been to this day. I think she's gotten drinks there, um, but, like, she will not eat even fries from McDonald's. Like, that was it. So, McDonald's quickly fell to the bottom of the list. I would say it was, it's probably always Taco Bell. Me and my mom are fiends for a Crunchwrap Supreme sub the meat for beans. She still, or that's still her go-to order. Um, but I will say in high school, we were in a very committed relationship to Wendy's and their apple pecan salads. Because I would, um, I didn't drive until I was much older than I'd care to admit. And so my mom would pick me up from school three days a week and take me to my job, which was like basically across the street from like my school. But like you had to cross like a big, um, like intersection and, um, uh, shopping center and dead in the middle of the shopping center was the Wendy's. So my mom would pick me up from school, go to the Wendy's, drop me off. And so we would get, um, we would each get an apple pecan salad and a side of sea salt fries. The princess and the frog. I'm going to break it down for the folks at home while you, cause I just realized I did not warn you as the producer of this show that you have to pick next week's 
thing. <laughs> I know what it is. Okay, okay. It's because they've been pre-picked for us for like a month because of Movie Star March Madness. I need to double check some dates, but I think I know what it is. Okay. Preferably on the shorter side, not to skimp the folks at home, but with the launch of our new podcast this week slash next week, we got a lot going on. So it wouldn't hurt. I know what it is. Wouldn't hurt if it was a 20 minute or It's not. I'm is not. it a two-hour movie? No. What is the difference? Like, what what else is there? It's a movie. It's not two hours. It's a 90-minute movie? A little a little more. But you, okay, you will be happy with this. In fact, I think you already know what it's going to be. All right. Well, I don't think I know right now, but we'll, we will we will, we'll come back to that. The Princess and the Frog. I'm going to read the, the quick letterbox synopsis, and then I'll let you uh, expand on it in, in whatever way you see fit. You all right? Yeah, just like, okay. Okay. What, in whatever way I see fit. Well, I want to do it in a British accent. <laughs> just like, and you'll expand on it. Period. Okay. A waitress. Desperate to fulfill her dreams as a restaurant owner. I think desperate is a little demeaning. Passionately. Well, she's dead broke, so that's a little desperate. That's desperation levels of money. I mean, yeah, but I think I think passionately. Okay. Um, thank you for expanding on it as you see fit. <laughs> I did see that. De- de- desperate, desperate to fulfill her dreams as a restaurant owner is set on a journey to turn a frog prince back into a human being, but she has to face the same problem after she kisses him. That might be the, the worst, worst synopsis <laughs> ever. That's so confusing. That's horrible. And like, yes, that is like, I guess the focus of the movie, true. but it doesn't feel like the focus of the movie oh no that's very odd very odd indeed should i like imdb it and see all i have to say elaborating once more on this desperately thing is if tiana was a man would it be desperately uh damn damn i went there i guess they just copied this one from imdb but there is another one how about this a modern-day retelling of the classic story, The Frog Prince. I was in a production right. of The Frog Prince once. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, well, tell us about that. Nothing to tell. Uh, How old were you? No, I, it was, uh, 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 I was acting. Like, it was like a, I did a children's tour. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought, it, I thought you did, like, Frog and Toad or something. No, I did uh, Riki Tiki Tavi, but we'll come back okay, to that. Okay, so wait, who were you? <laughs> but, I mean, this is the shit that people want to hear. I mean, is, like, is, I don't, I, I think that they clicked on an episode called The Princess and the Frog, I'm, Keith David Day. I I'm don't just think. saying, you don't have many interesting tidbits, let's be honest. Wow. So you're McDonald's tidbit. I'm just kidding. But, like, you were in a production of The Frog Prince. Like, who were you? It doesn't matter. Okay. Were you Naveed? Okay. It's not, doesn't work like that. Okay, listen, just listen. The Princess and the Frog finds the lives of arrogant, carefree Prince Naveen and hardworking waitress Tiana crossing paths. Prince Naveen is transformed into a frog by a conniving voodoo magician and Tiana following suit upon kissing the amphibian royalty. With the help of a trumpet-playing alligator. (laughs) We'll come back to that. A Cajun firefly. We'll come back to that. And an old blind lady who lives in a boat in a tree... Naveen and Tiana must race to break the spell and fulfill their dreams. That's pretty good. That's a way better synopsis. Yes. Um, So let's break this down. We'll start um, with the obvious. We'll start with Prince Naveen. Hottest, maybe, Disney prince. (laughs) 
Okay. I in my mind there are the three hottest Disney princes. And in no particular order, they are Naveen, Aladdin, Prince Eric. Is is Aladdin a prince? I know he like becomes a prince because he eventually marries Jasmine, but like Yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay. Okay. Cuddle Mary Trash. Okay. Naveen, Eric, Aladdin. Me? Yeah. And then I'll do it. Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid? Yeah. And not their movies, Them? What? Not their movies, Them. Yeah. Like, if we're just being weirdos and saying that cartoons are hot. Like, what do you, who are you taking? Okay, I'm going to cuddle Aladdin. I'm going to marry Prince Eric. And I'm going to trash Naveen. I, <gasps> I thought he was really annoying. That's so messed up. He's, like, supposed to be annoying. Like, isn't that, like, yeah. the bit is that he's, like, not the suave Prince Charming that you expect him to be? Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I think I would I would marry Aladdin. I would cuddle Naveen and I would trash Eric. No offense, but like he's been around the block a couple times. Once. Um Once you go mermaid, you can't go back. <laughs> okay. The the actual place to start is of course Tiana. I I really liked her character. I think that by the time 2009 rolled around, Disney realized that they had been super white. I think think exclusively white. Not entirely, I guess. Pocahontas, Jasmine, okay, but pretty freaking white, okay? And even then, that was only the past, you know, 15 years before that. Pretty freaking white and pretty freaking boring. Like, a lot of the women don't have dreams. They are not desperate for things. I mean, maybe they, you know, they want to have feet and walk on land or they want to do whatever but it just like their dream is to get married yeah often it has something to do with the boy and that was something i really liked about the end of this movie is when the movie spoilers you haven't seen princess and the freaking frog yet okay i guess i shouldn't make fun of those people we hadn't seen it until five minutes ago um but you haven't seen it yet at the end of the movie they're like getting married obviously and i thought the movie was about to end and i said out loud okay this is bullshit because her happily ever after is not marrying this guy. That's nice. Her happily ever after is opening the restaurant. Where is the scene where John Taffer comes in and renovates the building and opens up her new restaurant, right? And then it did that. And I was like, okay, thank God. Like, that, that is what she wanted. She had her own dreams since she was a little girl. And that's awesome and does not happen. I mean, it happens more and more. Like, um, I haven't seen my wine in a long time. I've seen Brave since it came out. But that was in the air where we started realizing, hey, women can have their own ideas and and things that they want in movies too. You did not just John Taffer me. <laughs> I bar rescued you right in the middle of this Princess and the Frog episode. I was bar rescued. Okay, <laughs> I I'm gonna get a teacher a t-shirt. I was bar rescued. Um, yeah, and something that I love is like I was bar rescued, and all I got was this stupid t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Um, I. I feel like something that's also really important is not only did she end up achieving her her dreams of of taking on this restaurant, but Naveen then supported her. It wasn't like he did his own thing or then she also helped raise his kids. It was just like he poured himself into her dreams. And like that is a really great message, I think. Uh, Anything else about Tiana? I think she's great. I think she's really funny. I think she's really charming. And I like I said, I like the message. I I really loved her. I really connected to her on a lot of ways. I love that she, um, and and this obviously stems from her parents' um, great life lessons as well, particularly particularly her dad. Um, but I love that she has this kind of um, 
like she's willing to hold on to wishes and she's willing to hold on to a fairy tale but she still understands the grit and determination that it takes to make things work and that is just something that I I really connected to because I feel similarly you know I I consider myself to be a relatively spiritual person I I I wish on eyelashes and I try to will things into existence by saying please 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 up into the stars um but I also know what it takes to to work hard and and I try and do that because I know that things won't just happen on their own and so I think that um that is something that made me feel just so connected to her and I also just love that she was willing to um I I would like to imagine that even if she had stayed a frog because they like I said they thought that they were going to have to say the frogs um and she was willing to do that for him I would like to imagine that if they had stayed frogs, she still would have opened her own little bayou uh, restaurant for the animals. Um, before we talk about those animals, let's uh, let's address Keith David as our voodoo magician, as IMDb calls him. Um, the perfect villain voice. That's why he's played many villains over the years. What I think is really great about animation, and the animation in this, by the way, is a beautiful, long-lived 2D animation, um, is that he would be way too old to do this in uh, live action at this point, right? I mean, maybe you could just have the character be older or whatever. But um, if you were casting the er- the character the age that he looks in this movie, Keith David would be way too old. But the beauty of animation is that he's not because you can just put whatever character behind his voice. He's got a great villain voice. This character is freaking terrifying. His shadows running around New Orleans. I was like, I, I said this while we were watching. I was like, if I was a little kid and I lived in New Orleans, I watched this movie, I would be like, oh my God, are those fucking things like around here? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Terrifying. You know what it really reminded me of? And I mean this in the highest compliment ever is it reminded me of death in Puss in Boots in The, in the Last Wish. Uh, oh yeah, very equally scary. Yes, and like I thought seeing that movie, Puss in Boots, I thought, and I we said this at length in our Puss in Boots episode, go watch it if you want to hear more of our thoughts, but I thought, I was like, that is the most terrifying villain that I've ever seen like in my life. But even then, and that is very scary, and that's definitely some kind of trauma. Even then, it's a wolf in a fairy tale world. Yeah. Like this is in a city that little kids live in. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. I also think it's really interesting, obviously, and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on, like, New Orleans Which we're not. culture, um, but from, like, the media I've consumed, the things that I've, you know, learned about New Orleans and stuff, like, I understand that voodoo and this kind of, like, tarot reading business, you know, spiritual thing is, like, very integral to their culture, um, and I am not at will to say whether or not they did that well or not well, because it's not my, my opinion to have um but i was i was interested that disney chose to go that far with it regardless that they that they were willing to make someone a really creepy villain who dabbled in all of these dark magic things um what does that say about the truth in that lies in the middle with voodoo and stuff you know who knows but um i i was just surprised that they that they brought up a topic that i think many may consider may consider to be taboo you know um same directors as Moana and I remember so, did you see Moana? So I did, yes. Okay, I have not seen Moana. So I was in Hawaii right before Moana came out, like probably two, three, four months before Moana came out. And, you know, we can talk about 
Hawaii for Hawaiians. We've done that on Lilo and Stitch, our Lilo and Stitch episode. You know, that's a whole different story, right? Um, but I was on some, you know, tour around whatever, right? And the you're really uh, hyping yourself up in this episode, like actor extraordinaire. Oh, it's just on this tour. No, I, I was on like a tour of the island. Like it was, oh. I wasn't acting. It was a tour of the island. And um, uh, the tour guy was like, he mentioned something about Moana coming out, and he was like, we are really excited for it however we have low expectations like we're excited that our culture is going to be presented in a huge movie that's going to be seen around the world but they're probably going to get a lot of it wrong and um i don't know if they did or not i'm not hawaiian i don't really know much about the moana discourse i know the movie is generally very loved but you know i, I can't get into the specifics of that but same directors i find interesting yeah, uh, again, I have not seen Moana, so I'm not really at, at liberty to say. But I don't think it's on our, our short list for our centennial retrospective, so I don't think we'll be talking about it. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's it's very recent, I feel like, in terms of movies. I feel like I know so much about it just because of, like, Hivemind, TikTok, etc. Um, I honestly was surprised at how little I ended up knowing about this movie, Um based on how often I hear people talk about it, I just feel like I can, I thought I would have absorbed more over the years, um, since then, but I didn't. So yeah, I think from the shots and stuff that I, I've seen of Moana, like online, it's like very beautiful. It's like very, very beautiful. And so I can see how they have, um, this is, I mean, excuse me, this is probably like some of my favorite animation in a Disney movie in recent memory. I mean, I really, really thought it was gorgeous. I like the mix, and I said the same thing in Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I loved the mixing of styles. Like, when she's um, dreaming up her restaurant, it goes to a different style, um, and it's just, like, all, like, it all blends together so beautifully. They're very similar movies. I mean, I, yeah. I would not even go as close to as far as saying that Puss in Boots was inspired by this movie, because, like, animation works off of other animation as well as anything, right? But, like, in terms of like how far they take things, it's it's definitely very similar comp. But um, speaking of the directors, I want I w- want to do this because these are sort of all star Disney guys, Ron Clements and John Musker, the directors behind Moana, Aladdin, Hercules, The Little Mermaid, Princess and the Frog, Treasure Planet, and The Great Mouse Detective. So what I want you to do is rank these seven movies, the ones that you've seen. What do you mean? Like the ones that I haven't seen, put them at the bottom? No, forget those. Oh. I've seen all seven. You haven't. The ones that you have seen, I want you to rank them. Um, okay. I have not seen Aladdin or Hercules since I was probably four years old. Do your best. Okay. Um, I will go Princess and the Frog at number one. Um, I will go Great Mouse Detective solely because I've seen it more recently than the other two. And I will go Aladdin and then Hercules uh, based on hotness of, of Guy. Well, this bit went terribly. I yeah. would assume you remember um, these movies better. I'm sorry. I just like don't. Did you see Little Mermaid? Yeah. Oh, obviously I've seen Little Mermaid. But I just, I was not the biggest Disney princess kid. Like I was, I was a Pinocchio gal. I, I was an early Pixar gal. Like I just really was not the big, and my mom's favorite was Cinderella. So I watched Cinderella more than any of them because she liked to watch it. Um, and we all know if your parents out there, I mean, not that I am, but like I babysat and like you try and sway your kids to watch the things that are most bearable. Um, and so like, I just, I didn't really watch a ton. And so I don't have like the clearest memories. 
So the bit failed, but I'll do it anyway on my end. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go number one, The Great Mouse Detective. It's my favorite Disney movie. I think it's the most underrated Disney movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, number two, I'm going to go The Little Mermaid. I feel like that is like Disney 101, all-star team, dream team. Like if you're coming up with a starting five, you're probably going to mention The Little Mermaid. I'm going to go Princess and the Frog 3. I feel like that's kind of a controversial take because and i think i've made this clear over the course of the episode i really liked this movie i liked the characters i liked the message the animation was awesome once again long live 2d animation great voice acting the music it's got banger memorable music which i don't think you could say a lot about a lot of uh newer disney but for whatever reason in general it left me a little emotionally cold i thought it was really funny I understand how it was heartwarming and things like that. When the freaking bug dies at the end, I mean, I was like, okay, like I'm getting a little <clears throat> yeah. over here, okay? Yeah. But in general, I don't know if it is just like I am an adult. Maybe I'm just like a uh, – um, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But I was like, I see why this is a great movie. There's no doubt about that. I will never argue that. Personally, I don't know. I get that but I would I would argue a little bit that and maybe I'm wrong but I feel like there isn't really much gut punching there in terms of emotion like I feel like it's a relatively level there's a lot of like excuse me like highs and lows but I don't think any of them are like tear inducing or like overwhelming emotion inducing except for the bug dying which I also was like literally just like trying to hide wiping tears away I guess I don't even mean literally emotionally I just feel like in the way that I the way that it and I were vibing I don't know I always felt like outside of it I always felt like I was watching a movie like I felt like watching you watch this movie you were super into it I never felt super into it yeah, I will say I feel like I connected a lot more at the beginning. No shade to Naveen, but it, it's – again, this is controversial. It's a Disney princess movie. She needs her prince. Like, I get it. I know the formula. I know how it goes. But Naveen never felt even, like, important to me and important to Tiana's story. And so, so much of that middle of the movie is about Tiana and Naveen's relationship, and that just never felt incredibly authentic to me. I feel like the parts of it that I connected to and that I was really, really deeply into were, like, the friendships um, and, like, the non-romantic relationships that she had with the animals around her and the people around her and her dreams and the way that she looks at the world through chasing those dreams etc and so I feel like yeah I was really really into it like basically except when it was about the romantic journey of Naveen I guess what I'm trying to say is like I was never able to detach the like I run a website where I review movies we're going to talk about this on a podcast like thing um keep that in mind it passed Every test. I mean, it's a very good movie, but I'm probably that's not even true because, like, I would recommend it to people. I would probably rewatch it. I don't know. Something about it just didn't go all the way for me. I don't know. You say it passes every test. Does it pass the Bechdel test? Does it? I don't think so. I meant test is in like. Is the animation awesome? Check. No. Yes, it is. Is I, the soundtrack awesome? Check. Yes, it is. I know exactly what you meant, but that just like put that in my mind. I was trying to think of the Bechtel test. And so let's think about it. When she's talking to Charlotte, 
they exclusively talk about how Charlotte wants to be married. and They probably talk about the restaurant at some point between the well, two of them. That's what I was thinking. But then in the scene with her mom, her mom's saying, I want grandkids. When are you going to try and focus on love? I don't know. I, I think the Bechdel test is flawed. I, I hear you. No, I, I, I would like to just make I think it most up. people think the Bechdel test yes. is flawed. But it is a very, like, element. Like, it is, like, a very surface-level, like, are there two named female characters who talk about something other than men? Like, I see yeah. why that is, like, bare minimum. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's... No, I completely... I was I was kind of making a joke. Oh, because okay. you said the word test. Okay. And I and I thought of a movie test. I don't know. I just... Maybe I need another, another watch or something. Like, it, it checks every box for me. Um, but it's... Uh, I don't know. Maybe just not... I don't even know how to put it into words. It's just a feeling. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I think... I think part of it is that we are adults watching this for the first time. There's so much nostalgia bias that goes into the things that we watch for this, and I think that that's something that we're very open about. I think maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. It And as it should, it, it plays to kids. Mm-hmm. It does bits for kids. It does scary stuff for kids. And every time I'd be like, that's a great decision for the kids. Mm-hmm. That's awesome for the kids. That's a great song that I would listen to a bunch if I was eight. You know what I mean? Not to downplay it, not to call it, you know, Disney Junior, whatever. Um, I just always felt like, yes, 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 for somebody else. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, I don't feel like, I think that this movie is kind of, no, I don't want to say that. I feel like there, I think it played to adults fine. Obviously, I was really into it, but I agree that it's maybe more on the child side of things um, than other movies. I feel like there are some. I'm struggling now, though, to, to think of things. But, like, when I watch them, I go, like, that's shockingly adult. Here's a bizarre comparison. Uh, I went to a rep screening recently of Vertigo, Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. H- hugely beloved movie. Pack screening. Number one on the sight and sound poll once or twice. You know, everybody loves this movie. I do not get it. I do not get it. I find it bizarre. I don't like anybody I think it's way too long. I think it is easily Hitchcock's most overrated movie, if not one of the most overrated movies. I do not get it. Now, I've heard a billion times that like, oh, yeah, when you see it in your 20s, you don't get it. And then you watch it again in your 40s, and it becomes the greatest movie of all time. Whatever. But because of that, I would be like, okay, sure, I guess I can see why this is a great movie for that, for the 40-year-old guy who hates his life. I guess maybe that's the Hitchcock version of this Disney movie. I don't know. Does that comparison make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I also think at a certain point it's a Disney movie and it's for kids and um, you don't have to think it was perfect. I just like, I feel like saying it's for kids is dismissive. I don't know. Like, I don't want to dis- – it's a great movie. I don't want to dismiss it like that. But it's, it is for kids. <laughs> yeah, I think – I feel like it's only been – I think that there have been some great stories, some great stories even within Disney that have played really well to adults, you know? I feel like we did uh, Lady and the Tramp recently. I felt like, oh, wow, this is, there's a lot of stuff I would have never caught as a kid. I don't think there's a lot that goes over your head in Princess and the Frog. Yeah, I think that that's fair, um, except maybe, like, the um, the actual connotations of, like, voodoo and, and stuff, but that's cultural things that you can't expect. Even, the, even then, you still get, like, oh, this is scary, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, and so... Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think it's fine that you feel that way. I do feel inclined to ask, though, like, what did you rate it? If, if I haven't yet. It's a, it's a three and a half, it's a four. Like, it's a damn good movie. Like, I feel like I've awkwardly turned, you know, the the way this conversation has gone. 
I don't want it to seem like I don't think this movie is great. It is great. Maybe it's because we do this for a nostalgia show and we've never seen this freaking movie before. Maybe that's why I feel, I don't know. Something about it is just like, yes, that's awesome. The end. Fair enough. Um, the, the trumpet alligator. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely am a person who, to a fault, has a little bit of trouble um, bending reality in stories, movies, books, TV, etc. Um, and I can get really hung up on some shit that I really just need to not get hung up on to make my life happier and more immersed in art. Um, the trumpet playing alligator, first of all, love him. King, absolute king. But um, I just kept being like, is no one... Is no one? I do remember at one point he's like playing on the float, and then someone goes, "Oh my God, he's a real alligator!" And so clearly, I guess people think that that in the context of a, a float, someone could be dressed up doing it. Well, there's like costumes in that like dinner scene earlier in the movie. Yeah, but I'm saying like separately. You didn't know that was an alligator. It's weird. Like we were, I was like, "Oh yes, they opened the restaurant." I was like so excited that that, and then it like cuts to the restaurant being open, and he's just banging out on the trumpet on stage and i was no is nobody like there's a fucking alligator playing the trumpet in this restaurant like how are they not selling tickets to this shit yeah i will say though in this world of new orleans where they have clearly said that magic is all around um it's a very good use of magical realism that that is rooted in reality i feel like i this Talking to animals in movies never bothers me. This one was just kind of weird. Because I guess he's the only one. He's the only one. Not even that. I don't even think it's because he's the only one. I think it's because usually the animals in these movies are, like, good animals. So when you see, like, a talking bunny, you go, like, aw, that's so cute. But then when it's a giant scary alligator that has a sweet soul, you're like, you would be terrified of that. Like, you would not get to know him. You would not, you would not, you know, be, be talking to him and being like tell me your life story like why are you so misunderstood you don't seem like you'd eat me you don't seem like you'd rip my leg off uh so that's kind of weird but i like love him our little a little bug guy oh my god i need your impression of the week with the uh when he loses his tooth tooth (laughs) that was my favorite tooth yeah that was my favorite tooth um he's so cute oh my god his little missing teeth and his scraggly hair and his big light up butt he's so cute i love him and he's so sweet in the way that he's in love with the star and like the way that when oof sorry folks you just crashed your car i'm sorry i don't edit this show so i'm sorry but like the way that he's in love with the star and he named her evangeline that's so beautiful and the way that when he when he gets not buried but when he gets sent off down the bayou um after he passes away they just like he just connects to evangeline in the sky oh my god that's beautiful that is some beautiful writing and imagery right there i mean he's so freaking adorable like i just love him great great comedic relief character um i definitely feel like there is and again, I don't feel like it's, I don't know, 
I, I'm not the person that should be saying that the that a lot of people are stereotyped in this, um, because it's it's again not my not my opinion to have, but I do feel like there is a level of stereotyping that happens in all Disney movies. I know that you could say it about this bug character being a stereotype, um, especially in Louisiana in the Bayou, um, with the missing teeth and whatever. But um, I think that they brought a lot of kindness to this character despite his uh disheveled looks and he was probably like my favorite person other than tiana um anything else you want to address i don't think so um i love john goodman i i just want to say <laughs> new orleans <laughs> yeah i'm new orleans yeah like i i know i'm sorry i'm sorry i know what is like i i've been like dancing around the word new orleans because is it new orleans is it nolens is it new orleans <laughs> like how, how are we gonna he commits it? to it yeah he does commit to it i have said this many times for many different movies but i think something that is so tremendous about john goodman and everything he does is it does doesn't matter if he's in something for an hour or he's in something for five minutes he always kills it and I love that I think that he is such a tremendously talented actor that never ever ever gets enough credit and this is just another example of how he puts him, him his whole self into everything I really like that um they have like the stars to promote the movie like Oprah John Goodman Wait, who's Oprah? uh Mom? I'm not sure um John Goodman, uh, Terrence Howard. Like, you can, like, send Terrence Howard on a press tour and he can talk about this movie. But, like, all of the main people are played by, like, voice actors. Even Keith Davis, probably of all the main people, the most notable one. And for a lot of people who aren't, like, you know, cult movie fanatics, he's, like, that guy in that thing. And he does a lot of voice work anyway. So I like the fact that, like, they didn't have to just, like, bow down to, like, the stunt casting of it all. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm pulling up the cast list again. Um, but I think everybody did a phenomenal job, regardless of star power, you know? Um, I had, maybe I'm I'm trying to look her up. Um, I'm looking at the, the girl who played Tiana's um, uh, filmography right now. I mean, she's in Dreamgirls. But other than, other than that, I don't really know anything from her filmography. So I think that it's really... Wonderful that, um, like, regardless of star power here, um, everybody really, really shines. No one is overpowered by someone else. I would have to double check if I'm dead ass wrong. Somebody can correct me. I believe she's she was like a stage person before this, and this is like what kind of transitioned her into new movies because you can see a lot of her movies are after this. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Okay, cool. Um, anything else, or you want to get into your pick for the week next week? Um, I don't think I have anything else. Let me just do a quick, yeah, I think Oprah's the mom, Eudora, um, which is slay. Um, while you're thinking, I will remind folks about movie star March Madness over at FeaturePresentationVideo.com. This is our final week. Yesterday was Julianne Moore Day. Today, of course, being Keith David Day. Our next three days, Riley Keough, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and pick your Barrymore. We've been doing Famous Families. We've done the Apatows. We've done the Coppolas. Uh, we've done the Roberts. I'm blinking on the other one right now. Uh, this is uh, the week for the Barrymores. And then that will be time. It will be, we will finish our month. And it will be time for our special announcement. Who is the star of season two of the Vince Vaughnathon? It's here. 
I do want to say one more thing. I was just thinking. Um, Charlotte is created to be this spoiled, rich, has people who work for her, Tiana's mom being one of them, um, girl. But she is a fierce friend to Tiana. And I love that. And even though she has dreams of marrying Prince Naveen, she never doubts for a second that he's Tiana's when she sees how much they love each other. And, like, I think that that is beautiful like she cares a lot about herself and a lot about her status personally but that never will overshadow the way that she cares for the people around her i know you weren't crazy about it but i love the bit at the end where she was like who knew the prince had a little brother and how old are you i'm six and a half like that's hysterical i thought it was a little weird when she was like well i've waited this long and i was like well you're not gonna wait for him though right <laughs> like right um no like it's, it's a bit in a movie it's know, like, cute it's cute but um yeah i mean i just like and i love that she caught the bouquet and yeah she's just such a great friend i love seeing like strong female friendships that are not at all pitted against like men or rivalry or jealousy or anything i think that that needs to be represented more um because women should be uh together and not apart um my pick for next week I know, I know, we have a lot going on, we have this huge announcement coming up, but I have basically one opportunity for a really long time because we have a couple things that we're, we've collaborated on in the pipeline um, for, for Y2 Kids, and I, I just kind of had to pick this one, and you'll know exactly what it is once I say it because I've actually talked to you about this. It is the 2005 smash hit. Sky High, starring Nicholas Braun. Uh, okay, I'm totally down for that. Yeah, so we just finished season one of Succession. Uh, we will be doing some Succession-related content on the site coming soon on FeaturePresentationVideo.com, of course. Um, and I was like, I loved Sky High as a kid. I've always had Is a- he the main kid? Um, I don't know if he's the main kid. I don't kid. think he is. It was like that kid from that thing was the main kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's the main kid. I didn't pick it because I thought he was the main kid. He is a main kid in Minutemen, which I thought about picking, but I've never seen Minutemen. Um, so I didn't want to pick that. But I loved Sky High, obviously. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Kurt Russell, um, yeah. Linda Carter, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. It's got a cast, yo. It has Melt With You by Bowling for Soup. Uh, loved that song and that promo that was tied to it. I used to watch that. That was, I think I said this actually on a previous episode, totally separately, not knowing that I was going to choose Sky High. But um, when Melt With You came on and that was like my favorite song, my mom was like, you know that that's not a Bowling for Soup song. And I was like, excuse me? They wrote it. They wrote Melt With You. They wrote it for Disney Channel. What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, I, I just... I, I always love Sky High. I have had a crush on Nicholas Braun since the first thing I saw him in, and I still do now as Cousin Greg. Um, and I just, like, I will live and breathe and die for this man. Um, here's a Sky Tie. Sky, sky Tie. <laughs> sky High tidbit that you might not remember. When Disney Plus first came out, we were like, we're going to get it, and we're going to watch Sky High. Like, it was, like, for whatever reason... We had been talking about it recently. Oh, Disney Plus is coming. They're going to have every Disney thing. That's awesome. I can't wait. Disney Plus drops. And there were like a handful of titles that for no reason were like, this is coming on in May. And Disney Plus dropped in like November. 
and like they had the picture you could click on the freaking thing as if it was a title and it would be like coming soon and that was like no you're right i don't remember i remember that scenario i don't remember sky high being one of the movies but... and then we were like okay well what else do they have and then we looked around and we were like george of the jungle and we clicked on george of the jungle and it said the same thing and we were like fuck disney plus <laughs> yeah i remember us having a very difficult relationship with disney plus for a while uh because I, that's how we ended up watching encores <laughs> because the only thing that they had available on Disney Plus was their new shit. Um, so yeah, that was that's so funny. But yeah, I I, I you you want to know how big of a big of a sky high fan or sorry Nicholas Braun fan I am? I even found his him attractive as Ponytail Derek in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh my god! And that's and that's a hair only a mother could love. Okay. I think uh, I have very complicated issues with um, or like my internal issues with doing things behind a paywall like our website like we could set up very easily on our website we could set up paid subscriptions and things could be behind a paywall whatever i'm not crazy about that i like the fact that everything that we do is free however i do sometimes like fantasize not fantasize because i don't need the money but like think about what kind of content we would put out if we did have a paywall and sometimes i think about like a y2 kids like preteen series where it's like what came out when we were 13 and 14 and 15 and perks of being a wallflower would be like the number one movie oh yeah i read the book like we just you just did it's kind of a funny story for uh for the site last week uh so we couldn't do that. So it would be perks of being a wall. Like yeah. the Hunger Games. Which and, I, I think I'm going to rewatch all of them, by the way. And the Hunger Games? So have you not seen this online? Well, the there's the new movie coming out. So, the prequel. So there's a rumor. Um, I Shout out to Jess Rowland, who, who retweeted this on my timeline. And it's so true. Um, so the internet, and I say internet, TikTok, is, is basically seemingly, seemingly, keyword, organically um just all having a having a uh i don't know like a a i don't know like a like a oh man i'm like literally i cannot speak right now the internet is having a just like seemingly organic um excitement over the 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 previous series like not even the new movie coming out but they're all collectively that's the word i was looking for they're all collectively sharing their love for the hunger games original series and jess Rollins tweeted and retweeted someone was like what if i told you that lionsgate paid tiktok to just push hunger games content forward to create organic buzz and i was like I bet that they do that. Like, I work in a very different kind of marketing environment than um, TikTok, obviously, but I can, like, absolutely see how that would be a thing that they can do. And I think that that's genius. If so, good on Lionsgate. But I, I so I have, I have fallen bait to it. Like, I have, I have taken the bait. I am getting a, a zillion Hunger Games things on my For You page, and I am like, I want to revisit it because I loved Hunger Games um, when I was younger. The last thing I want is like another series that we do on this show because sometimes we we do so little of like going back and forth and picking shit from ninety five to 05 between the Disney thing and we have some guests coming up and uh, obviously movies start March Madness like it gets a little scheduled out. We have a couple new movies this year we want to touch, but like sometimes I go like, damn, I want to do like twenty tens teens or something, you know, like those those kinds of movies because I feel like it's um. I don't know. It could be an equally fun conversation. 
So if you want that, Venmo us at. <laughs> we'll do it just for you. No, I don't know. Like I don't. I don't like the idea. I think I a lot of the sites that I like and a lot of the. Um, I mean, listen. I don't pay for every subscription. Most of the stuff that I read are on sites that don't have a paywall. And when I click on, you know, here's a Red Sox example for you. When I click on the Boston Globe, I always fucking forget that you had to have a Globe account. I don't have one. And so I don't read any of the Globe writers. I don't read a single one of them. I don't know their work, right? And so the sites that I do like are the sites that are, behind, are not behind paywalls. And I like our website being one of those. And I don't really like the idea of charging people five bucks a month or whatever. Um, but everyone's like, I'm like, damn, I wish we had space for that. I know. I agree. Like, I love Y2Kids, and I wouldn't change it for ever- anything. And it's probably my favorite thing that we do. I think it's probably my favorite thing, too. Um, but, like, and I wouldn't change it for everything, but for anything. But I do feel like as we, you know, chug deeper into this content and we, like, reminisce more and more and more, I am realizing that the, the thing that I am, like, deeply yearning to, to rediscover and revisit are the things from that preteen era that, like, 2006 to like 2013 era because like that is that is an era that is so it's still so clear in my memory like it still feels like yesterday whereas obviously 2001 does not feel like yesterday um and I feel like just because of like where I am in my current life I I I don't want to be a kid again because when I was a kid I was you know I you know I was still your parents decide everything and you don't even pick out your own clothes for school or whatever. But when I was a preteen, like that was my sweet spot. Like I was a brooding beach, but that was my sweet spot. So I feel like this, this like, Oh, I just want to revisit things. Maybe once things calm down, we can, we can consider doing like a once a month thing. I was thinking like, maybe like we do like every year we do a new series and in 2020, is the year that it is right now we do it's the disney series and maybe in 2024 we do the preteen series or whatever you know like we don't overlap shit because it gets too complicated i don't know maybe an idea maybe if, if, if folks like the idea of this you can demo us five bucks and we'll do it but uh <laughs> i don't know it's a uh, interesting thought anyway this has been really fun i'd like to all the movie star march madness stuff that we've done we've had a, a really good run i say that as i cannot remember what the first one was but The Parent Trap is obviously a great movie. Cameron Diaz Day. Oh, Shrek. Oh, my gosh. We've killed it this month. Yeah. Shrek, Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan. Which, which was dope. The Parent Trap and this. Like, that's – I don't know if we've had a better, like, four in a row. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that you could – no, I mean, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a really dope, dope month. I would say, like, oh, we're getting back on track. But really, only Taylor gets, like, one pick. And then we have, like, three weeks of guests and special events and stuff. Uh, but I don't know. Like we said, we, I, we love doing the show. I would like to think, maybe it's just because I'm really excited because we, we just finished Succession Season 1, but I would like to think that Sky High is so good of a pick that it, it almost represents both of us. Uh, no, I agree, and I, I, I agree. We, we, we just put something down on the books for, like, June, and I was like, if it's like a co-pick. It feels like kind of like a cheat, but we have, like, a good reason. We'll explain it when we get there. Um, but, no, this is great. Clearly, we had a yearning for it in November of – 2019 and it wasn't there and we did not watch it since then it's been four years since we've had that thought so 
Um, no, this was a great pick, a really great pick. I really, I hope. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I was gonna say. I have really high expectations for this. Uh oh, uh oh. High, high expectations for this. Um, I do because I feel like, and I don't want to get too much into it. We'll obviously talk about it on our next episode. But sky high, I feel like for me and my mind and my memory, it goes into like a glass case of like untouchable things that I loved so much. And I'm going to be really, really sad if it doesn't um, live up to expectations. I, I don't even need it to be good. I just need it to be, like, nostalgically pleasing. Um, so I'm like, please, please be good. You can tell, like, all of Taylor's favorite things that we've covered on this show because they are always the longest episodes. We are nearing an hour for this. Uh, we did a long episode for Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. We did a long episode for The Santa Claus. Degrassi was 55 minutes. Like, we normally, we're like at the 30 to 40. Like, I, we, we bust shit out. That's one of my favorite things about this show is we don't, we don't mess around. We don't waste your time. But you can, like, this, those are like Taylor's top five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about it? Nothing, nothing. Okay, folks. Featurepresentationvideo.com. Movie Star March Madness. We're about to make a huge announcement. It is so soon, and we are not ready for that. But next week we get back into it. Sky High is going to be really fun. And uh, and if you're excited for Sky High because we just watched Succession, get ready for our Succession content. If you are also re-watching the series right now, that will be coming to the website very soon. So FeaturePresentationVideo.com is where you can find everything we do. Uh, you can find the show at Y2KidsPod on Twitter. You can also send us an email, Y2KidsPod at gmail.com. You can find me at Patrick J. Regal everywhere you find people online. You can find me on Letterboxd at Taylor Malone and on Twitter at Mailer Talone. We will see you guys next week for Sky High. I was going to be like, blast off. <laughs> <laughs>